Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm heading into this podcast in gratitude, knowing I had a very different experience than millions of women out there who suffer, mostly in private. I got pregnant with very little effort. I carried both my pregnancies to full term, and despite a 50-pound weight gain with both pregnancies, an emergency C-section, and a planned one, bringing children into this world happened straight out of a textbook for me. I realize and sympathize that this is not the norm and that infertility and miscarriages seem to be more commonplace than we wish to admit, and still, unfortunately, not discussed with open arms and compassion. Whether you have difficulty understanding your cycles and your body, getting pregnant, and even miscarrying, I hope our next guest will help shed some light on this topic. Joining us today from Denver, Colorado, is Dr. Amy Beckley, a PhD scientist and infertility veteran who struggled herself getting pregnant and who herself experienced several miscarriages. She is the inventor and founder of Prove, a first-of-its-kind at-home progesterone kit. It's an innovative new option for women trying to gain more of an understanding around their reproductive health and be empowered with data about their body that they never could have gotten in the comfort of their homes before. I'm really excited. This is a new topic for me. So welcome everyone to Living Your Life with Leanne Lang and Dr. Beckley. Great to have you joining us. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. So this was a subject that I think I started, I don't know if it was conversations with girlfriends or just in in some of the interviews that I had been doing with naturopathic doctors and people that I started to realize there are so many people that are suffering. And this is something that is much more common, I think, than we care to admit. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, It's about one in six couples right now struggle with infertility, and one out of every four pregnancies ends in miscarriage. Um, And so it's it's a problem that impacts about 7 million couples in the U.S. alone, and it doesn't seem to be like a big problem because women keep this private. Um, I, I know for me, I went through it, and I was a closet infertile for the longest time because I felt like less of a woman or that I just wasn't fulfilling my womanly duty, wifely duty, um, to become a mom, and I just felt so embarrassed and, and just didn't want to talk about it. But when you when you mention such statistics and, you know, the one in four and, and the, the, the amount of people that are dealing with this – why are we not having more of a discussion about it? Why is this not more commonplace discussion to be having with our friends around the table, with family, with doctors? Um, I think maybe because it's an awkward conversation. Um, you know, I think it's up there with, you know, having dinner conversation about do you use a menstrual cup or a tampon or a pad? Like people just don't really, they feel awkward about that conversation. Um, and that's kind of what, what I've, dedicated um, my life and and this company towards is educating and empowering women with knowledge that it shouldn't be a taboo thing to talk about, that the more you talk about and the more you know, the more you can empower yourself to have a better journey. And so 
your journey, your journey wasn't an easy one. So do you mind letting me know or sharing your experience? Because I know that you had difficulty not only in, as you, as you said, that's an interesting word, a, a closet fertile. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, closet <and> fertile. <laughs> and then also on the other end, having miscarriages. Uh, did you just assume as you were young and, you know, planning family and kind of living this dream that you were going to have issues? Was there any any insight into your health, into anything that this might have become an issue? Uh, no. I mean, I, I did everything right. You know how they say, you'll put all your ducks in a row and have kids, you know, after, you know, I, I went to school, I got a PhD, I built a career, I bought a house, you know, got married, all that, and just kind of said, okay, now we're ready. And, you know, bought the house with the extra rooms and the good neighborhood next to the good schools, you know, just kind of like propping it up like, okay, did everything right you know, everything now just baby. And, um, we struggled and being a scientist, I was impatient and I knew there was something wrong. Like you can do things to chart your cycle. You can do temperature charting, um, tracking cervical mucus, um, ovulation tests, all these things. And I was doing those and I could tell there was something wrong. Um, and so I didn't have the capacity to treat myself, obviously. I'm not a doctor, like a medical doctor. Um, so I called the doctor and I said, hey, I've been struggling. Can you help me? And they said, no. They said, you are not infertile. Um, you have to have been trying 12 months. So call me when you're, you've been infertile. Um, so I was thir- no, 27, almost 28 at the time. So I was like, okay, you know, and so we went trying for ourselves and about six, five, six months into it, we got pregnant we were super excited. Um, and I was pregnant about nine days and then I started bleeding and I went to the doctor and said, um, you know, something's wrong. What's, you know, what's going on with me? And they said, well, this is very typical. One in four pregnancies ends in loss. It's just something that happens nothing's wrong. Just go ahead and try again. I said, okay. Um, so we kind of, um, took a couple months to just heal ourselves and, and think about it and then started again. And within a couple months I got pregnant again. And this time I was only pregnant maybe five, five or six days. <laughs> um, and again, called the doctor and I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. Like I'm 27 years old and I shouldn't be losing two pregnancies. Um, you know, what's wrong? Can you help me? And I am not even kidding. They said, they said, we cannot help you. You have to have three pregnancy losses in a row to come in and get some diagnostic workup. Okay. Can you stop for a second? Because this is a story and I'm listening to your story and, and I know, you know, with your background and where you're at now that you've kind of, you figured out a lot of things, but I'm looking at it going with each pregnancy, there's this excitement, there's this buildup, there's the taking the test, there's the finding out that you're positive. And then, you know, to be able to go through this high and then very quickly into this crazy low, not only to do that twice, I mean, emotionally, where are you at this point? Because you said it so matter of factly, and I'm going, okay, rewind, because this went much deeper than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I you know, I kind of at the time was it was. I mean, it's just it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, you know, this happened to me um, about twelve years ago. I would say, um, and so it's not like you know, I'm not as emotional about it right now because I've I've done so many good things because of it, and I'll, I'll you know we'll mm-hmm. continue the story and you'll understand why. Um, but 
I was like, you get to these lows where you're like, that's it. I'm done. Like, I, I just, I just don't want to do this anymore. Um, and then you pick yourself up and you're like, no, I am not going to let this beat me. I am not going to, you know, be a statistic. I am going to have children. I'm meant to have children. And you kind of have to, you know, pick yourself up and, and try again. And, you know, some people, it takes a long time for that process to happen. Other people, it kind of goes a little bit quicker. Um, and as, as kind of messed up as a thought that this is, I was like, well, we got to hurry up and try because if I'm going to have another loss, I'd rather have another loss sooner than later so I can actually get help because here I am, no answers. Like if that's literally what I have to go through is to have three losses, let's just hurry up and do it so I can get help. Like as, as horrible as that sounds, um, you know, I was like, it was desperation mode. It was like, I, there's no other choice for me. Um, and so, you know, we, we kind of, you know, started doing it again and trying and we actually hit the 12 months of infertile infertility before we hit the three losses. Um, and so I was allowed to go seek care at that point. <laughs> and so I went to a reproductive endocrinologist and I sat in his office and I'm like, okay, um, please help me conceive. Here's my history. And he was like, well, we can either waste time and try to figure out what's wrong with you. And every time you cycle, it'd be like a 10, 15% chance of working. Or we can do IVF, which basically fixes all the problems. And it's like a 60 or 70% chance of success for your age group. And so having losses and being just done and so just distraught and ready to start my family, I was like, let's just do IVF. Where do I sign? Um, and I realized that's kind of a lot of uh, is where, where women are. We're forced with we either do it naturally or we turn straight to IVF because it's like the, the, the healthcare system pushes us into a point of desperation mode where we're like, well, we have no other option. Um, Can I say something, though? Because I'm already looking at your situation and you already made it through half the battle because you actually were able to get pregnant. Yeah. Right. Like I'm listening to you. Like you already had the aspect. You already had the opportunity to be pregnant twice. That. So there are. I want to say you know, hundreds of thousands of women who never actually get to even that point. So it, yeah. you know the desperation is on very different levels of you know how far down the from one to ten are you right? It's, right. You were already over the halfway mark. You had gotten pregnant. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so I, I did IVF. Um, we did one cycle; it was unsuccessful. Uh, then we did another cycle, and that resulted in my son, who is now nine. <laughs> um, so I mean, it was amazing, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but IVF is—it's expensive. It's time-consuming. It is stressful. I mean, my marriage seriously came through with like a string out of that because it's so hard you're being pumped with all these hormones you're emotional you're i mean it's just anybody who's gone through ivf is like oh yeah i totally get it um <clears throat> so can i ask what what was it like between you and your partner then your husband who as you mentioned you know like you're hanging on by a string you've been on this emotional roller coaster already for for a year a year plus at this point you know what are you what what are the, what's the dialogue happening between the two of you to be able to stay so that the string doesn't actually break and that you can make it through that point? 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, he sees me and he sees that I'm, I'm, I'm stressed out and I'm upset and I'm crying all the time and I'm just, you know, it's, it's making me just a nervous wreck. Right. And so his basic instinct, which is totally natural is, well, let's just not do this. I'm fine. Not having kids. We don't have to do this. And that was like, what? You don't want to have kids. Are you kidding me? And I'm like thinking about my life. Like, why did I marry this guy? He doesn't even want to have kids. And it's just like this downward spot, which I know in hindsight, that's not what he was trying to say. It was, you know, he, he saw me hurting and he saw me suffering and he says, you know what? We're okay. Like if you don't want to have kids, we're okay. Um, He's trying to be supportive and love yeah. you and let you know you're loved and who wants to be with you, whether you are a mother and to the, his children. I, I, but it's how we hear and it's where we are emotionally, where our emotional state is at, right? You, you can't yeah. hear that part. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, I, I just go through these things in my mind with he doesn't, you know, he doesn't love me and doesn't want to be with me and let's just get a divorce. And, you know, and it's like it's this downward follow for for nothing, you know, and, and when you're in it, you don't realize it. But, you know, now that I'm kind of removed, like, you know, I did IVF nine years ago, ten, almost 10 years ago, you know, it's it's different now. You were able yeah. I know that you have two kids because I know right well. Because I know your daughter right now, who's yeah. <laughs> getting through school <laughs> with a little cast on her ankle. Uh, you know, how was it getting pregnant and, and carrying the second child? Yeah, so so this is kind of where the aha moment came. Is um, after I did IVF, I was like, you know, I felt better because I was a mom, and I was like, okay, you know, cool. Like, I have a kid. This is this is awesome. Like, my life is complete. Uh, Amy, you know? can, I, can I stop you for a second? How yeah. worried how worried were you at you know at day from day nine onwards of the pregnancy that worked with IVF that you were concerned that there would be a miscarriage? Oh, every single day, every single day. I was one of those crazy women that bought the the fetal Doppler and every single night after dinner would stick it on there and listen to the heartbeat. Like I was that woman because once you have a loss and you're pregnant after a loss, you, you can't unknow that. Like the first pregnancy a woman has, usually she's in like this bliss because she doesn't know any better, you know, and, and it's great. And I would have loved to have that. But once you have a loss, you just, you become kind of hard and you just don't want to accept it. Um, I never, I never came out on Facebook and said I was pregnant because I didn't want to jinx it. I never told anybody I was pregnant, to be honest. They just saw the baby bump because I felt guilty because I was pregnant and I knew there was a lot of people that were still still struggling. Um, and then I just didn't want to accept it. I felt like if I, if I said it, if I said, yes, I'm having a boy, like it would be, oh my gosh, the next day I would lose it. So it's, it's a real struggle. Um, absolutely. You have this beautiful baby boy, your mom. Yeah. So what, as you were mentioning, you know, what, what ended up happening as life evolved a little bit um, as to kind of how you, how you progressed from there? Yeah. So, so when my son was about a year and a half, um, I turned to my husband and I was like, yeah, I know I am crazy, but I would like another child. Um, but this time it's going to be, it's not going to be the same situation. I'm not going to do IVF. Um, I, you know, I, I'm happy with one. I will be extremely happy if I stay with one or I get another one. Um, and, but I want to take a different approach. 
And so this time, since I was already labeled as infertile and already had that diagnosis, I went back to the doctor immediately and I'm like, okay, you know, this is what I've learned. I've done this charting. I, I realize there's something not right. And this time I want to find out what's wrong. I really want to diagnose what's going on. And I kept thinking back at my lost pregnancies and, you know, I said, I just don't think I'm making enough hormone to, to support the pregnancy. And I think that's why I keep losing them. Um, and so if you think about pregnancy, there's a hormone called progesterone. And so progesterone is produced in the ovary after you ovulate and it prepares the uterus to receive the embryo. And then it, it nourishes the uterine environment so that embryo can grow and thrive. And it's required the entire nine months of the pregnancy. So at any point you have low progesterone or it drops, then you either cannot get pregnant, so you're infertile, or you um, have a miscarriage if it's in the first trimester, or it's called preterm labor if it's in the second or, or third trimester. Um, and so it, it's a real thing. And I said to my doctor, I said, I just, I think I have low progesterone. Um, and he said, okay, well, there's no real diagnostic tool we can use to tell you if you have low progesterone, but we have progesterone that we can give to you. So if it truly is you have not making enough, we'll just give you some more. And if that's the problem, you'll be pregnant and that'll be, you know, your miracle. And so I did that. Um, had intercourse naturally, you know, took the ovulation test, the ovulation test turned positive, counted three days, started my progesterone. And within a couple cycles, I got pregnant. And this time I stayed pregnant. And that pregnancy is now my daughter who is six. That's um, amazing. I mean, it, it's amazing to be able to think that something so simple. I know that it's not simple. I mean, gosh, I know that there's a thousand things that go into the miracle of childbirth. But that a hormone or something that we should be producing naturally and on our own is, is, can be such a critical component to whether or not women are able to get pregnant and maintain that pregnancy. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, we invented the proof test, which is the at home progesterone test because I felt like it was something simple. It was something very straightforward that could be addressed and fixed and if we could just alert women and have them have this knowledge prior to 12 months of infertility or prior to three losses, that we could save the heartache of infertility and miscarriage for a lot of women. Um, and, you know, we made it kind of our, our mission to, to provide this as a over-the-counter test so that women can just buy it off Amazon, buy it online um, test it out. And if it shows they had low levels, take those results to their doctor and say, Hey, um, there's something wrong with me. Here's what I think it is. Can you X, Y, Z, or can you look into it? Can you follow up? Um, and so it's just about empowering women to have better conversations instead of this like black box with, we have no idea what's, what's wrong with you, or we're not even allowed to talk to you for 12 months. Um, you know, putting some light into that box and helping women because, you know, we deserve to have answers. And, you know, if we can, if I can save women IVF or the pain of, um, of, of miscarriages, that's, that's what I'm here to do. Um, in my history, I've had seven losses total. Um, and I feel like my journey and what I've gone through and those seven um, angels looking down on me were all here 
to put me in the position to invent this product to help other people. And so, you know, you know, going through it, I was like, this is horrible. But now on the other side of it, I said, you know what? I had to do that. I had to go through that. Those were, you know, the little angels that were telling me, you know, you have to, you have to create this product. You have to help people. And so now, you know, we have a private Facebook group with all these women that use proof and it warms my heart to see them saying, you know, showing the positive pregnancy test and saying, I had a low progesterone issue. I talked to my doctor. I got on supplements. Now I'm pregnant. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like we're, we're solving problems and helping these women achieve their goals. And, and that's, you know, kind of what makes it worth it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Can I ask, because I think it's fascinating what you've been able to create and, and there is a scientific background, right? There's, there's science behind it. So that's your background. So what originally when you're studying and want to become the scientist, what, where were you thinking this, this occupation, this knowledge of yours was going to be leading you to? Um, I don't know. I mean, like early in my life, when I was 16, I had a brain tumor. And I was just having really bad headaches. And it took a really good doctor to say, hey, maybe it's not just headaches, but it's, you know, something else. Let's just do an MRI to be to be careful. And I was immediately admitted, taken out, perfectly fine now. It was benign. Um, but I felt like that experience led me to believe that we need doctors, we need resources that can help diagnose things and, and catch them before they're a big problem. And so that was where I was like, okay, I need to be a scientist. I need to create solutions. I need to help. Um, so I worked in a couple drug companies doing um, cancer therapeutics. And I was always like, okay, I'm going to develop something. I was going to make something. But I didn't have the, what, what was that something? <laughs> and so, you know, I went through infertility. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. Like, this is exactly it. This um, is my something. I feel like my- I feel yeah. like I want to bubble wrap you, Amy. Like you know, like you you've had you've had some really hard knocks. You you really have, and to be able to come out with such a, a positive attitude, and to know that you're paying it forward, like these experiences that you went through are actually benefiting. You know, the the next generation, the other women are going to be able to benefit from this. So I I always think like. Science and biology and chemistry, they were not my strong suits in school. And so there's such an admiration for people who understand it and know how it's going to advance things, especially in health and wellness and and allowing people to live better, longer, healthier lives. How much science was part of the component of the of the proof, like of that progesterone kit? How much had to go into it? Because there's there's like the idea, there's the concept, there's development, there's packaging, like there's so much that goes into it. (laughs) Right, right. No, this is a good question. Um, so the science has been there. Um, the idea of progesterone has been around for like 80 years and our test measures progesterone metabolites in urine. Um, so right now, you know, standard of care is to get a blood draw of of progesterone. Um, and we just make that easy by making it like a, a urine based test. So it's easy for a woman to do in her bathroom. She gets her results in five minutes, goes about her day. Um, and so we went to the literature and we looked and there was tons of studies that showed that blood, blood levels correlated with urine levels and they mapped out exactly what level would confirm ovulation. They tied it to ultrasounds and they have, they had it all mapped out. I remember reading this paper. The last sentence was, and all we now, all we need to do now is create a commercial product period. And I'm like, great, this is awesome. Like, when does it come out? 
Um, and so nothing happened. Nothing happened. And so being a scientist, I'm like, I'm just going to call this guy. And so I called the guy on the publication and I'm like, hey, dude, where's this like miracle product? That sounds amazing. He's like, oh, that was research, you know, 15 years ago. There is no product. I was like, well, I'm going to develop one then. And he was like, I would support you 100%. I was like, I was like, okay, cool. Um, and so we we did the prototype based off of all of his research. And he kind of helped us, guided us through where we you know what to do. And we launched a crowdfunding campaign on um, Indiegogo. So it's kind of like Kickstarter, but it's uh, Indiegogo. And we put it out there. We're like, hey, if we create this in-home progesterone test, would you would you buy it? And we were able to get $45,000 to develop the product. Um, Can I ask what those responses were like? You know, usually you have, you make a posting and there's comments underneath it. Could you tell already the desperation for people that were saying like, you know, it's like if you build it, they will come. Yeah. That that people oh. had put a lot of hope, you know, in being able to do some of the funding that something was going to come from it. Yeah, it's interesting because I was proposing an in-home progesterone test and there was actually two problems to my what my proposal was. The first one was I said, here's this thing. It'll be available in, in a year. And all the women going through infertility, nobody wanted to fund it because they're going to be pregnant in a year. They don't want to wait for a year of development. They want a product now. So that was the first problem. The second problem was nobody talks about progesterone and nobody really knew what that meant. And so here I am saying, I'm going to create this in-home progesterone test that's going to help you know if you're ready to conceive was very, very difficult for women to, to understand because it's not something they've had access to. And we're, I'm sorry, but as a woman, I'm always just thinking of estrogen. Like right, yeah. progesterone and just for me, like my automatic thinking is that's for the guy. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who thinks that, right? As soon as I saw that, I'm like, no, that's the guy thing. I'm the estrogen part. And that's yeah, not the case. Progesterone, <laughs> I think. <laughs> you know, estrogen is in the first half of the cycle. Um, it, it helps, you know, before ovulation, you know, prepare the body before ovulation. And then what comes in is progesterone. And progesterone is what gets ready for the embryo. So if you don't have progesterone, you will not conceive. The end. The end. Um, and so, you know, people focus on estrogen and people don't really focus on progesterone. Even doctors don't even like to say the word progesterone. And so if you think about women that go in and they do tell a doctor, hey, I'm not ovulating um, or I'm not ovulating very well or whatever they say, he goes, oh, okay, here's Clomid or Fomara. Those are medications that actually induce progesterone production. So the doctor could physically be talking to their patients about progesterone, but not using that word. Wow. And so wow. it's very tricky for us because we're here trying to educate about this word and what the hormone is. People are like, oh, my doctor's never talked about that before. And I'm like, yeah, he has. He just hasn't used that word. That's right? amazing to think how... I'm I'm not scratching my head, but it's like this simple, such a simple translation of words for for people to understand. It's, that's it's it's frustrating. I'm sure that there I I am positive right now that there are listeners that are listening to this and they're shaking their head and they're going, "How was this not communicated to me?" Yeah, no. So this is another one too. So remember, I told you I called up the guy on the on the paper and mm -hmm. said, "Hey, we're a miracle product." Um, he was like, well, let me, let me let you talk to this other guy who is the inventor of the product. Maybe he's got some advice for you. So I call him up and I'm like, 
all right, so your company was developing this product. Like, why did you stop with the development? Like, did it not work or what's going on? And he said that it worked, it worked beautifully. And they had their studies and they call up the FDA and they say, okay, FDA, what do I need to do to get this approved and on the market to help women? And the guy at the FDA said, you're wasting your time. Women don't need to know this information and it's going to be too expensive for you to create. And so he hangs up the phone and the higher up at the company said, oh, okay. They, they reorganize their entire company. They drop all the women's health products and now they're an infectious disease company. And so that technology was basically just by the wayside because apparently women didn't need that information. Oh, that's so frustrating. Yeah. 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 So, so when I call, I have other words for it, but I'm just not saying, saying it uh, on, on this broadcast. Okay. So, (laughs) so you have the go ahead. You're able to raise $45,000. Yep. What is the, what are the first steps that you need to be able to do? Um, so the first thing that we needed to do was identify a manufacturer that could actually make this. So it is a medical device. Um, it needs to be regulated. It needs to be precise. It needs to be accurate. Um, and so I, I physically don't have the capacity to do that. And so we hired a contract manufacturer that would create the product. And so we created the product, um, and got prototypes and sent it to all the women that donated the money and said, you know, what do you think of this product? And they tested it and we were able to kind of make a few iterations to improve the product and make sure it really hit the market need and was a product that was providing useful information. Can I ask how many of those in the t- in the first in that test run were diagnosed with low progesterone and could actually go with that with that documentation or with that data to their doctor and and get a boost? So remember when I told you I, I did something wrong and I, I tried to approach infertile women that that you know didn't really want to fund me. The women that were able to that that wanted to fund me were not the ones that were dealing with with infertility, but the ones that were practicing fertility awareness. And so this is just the women that know what progesterone is, they know how to chart their cycle, they um, figure out when their fertile window is so they can have intercourse inside it to conceive or outside of it to not conceive. And they knew exactly what progesterone was. They're like, holy moly, you got a progesterone test? We've been waiting 20 years for this. Yes, click, I will buy. <laughs> and so these women weren't the ones that were struggling to conceive, um, but they were the ones that just, they just chart their cycle on a daily for, for 20, 15 years, um, just because that's, you know, it, it's a healthy thing to do to know your menstrual cycle. Can I ask you, so that people are listening, especially too, if we have like the new the newbies coming in that are kind of at that stage of like starting to think about planning and, and having a family. How does one really successfully chart themselves? Like I base it on, okay, my boobs are starting to get sore. I might, you know, I might have a couple of little zits and I'm craving some chocolate. And I'm like, okay, I'm about to get my period, right? It, it, it's much more scientific than that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many different tools out there that a woman, woman can use. And it just depends on what they like to do. Um, you know, you can do temperature charting where you, um, you know, take your temperature every morning and after ovulation, it goes up like 0.5 degrees. Um, I absolutely hated that because it made me so nervous, um, to have to, you know, take my temperature every morning and make sure it was accurate. Um, 
there's ovulation tests that measure LH that, you know, will alert you the first, you know, the two fertile days of your cycle. Um, there's the, the, the Ava bracelet, which is like that little bracelet that kind of tracks at night while you sleep. So it's more like hands off, just, you know, um, and so there's a lot of tools out there to help a woman track their cycle. It just depends on what kind of personalities they, they, they have. I would also think it also depends on the bank account that they have. You know, when you're mentioning all of these items, I'm thinking like that's a couple of trips to the drugstore, you know, every month. Like it, it would be expensive, especially too, if you're talking like you've got at least to go to the 12 months, you know, of having issues. So the finances of this become also expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's free options. Um, you know, you can just download a period tracker app, although that's not very accurate. <laughs> um, but I mean, if you think about it in, in terms of what's the alternative, right? So you can spend, you know, $50 a month on cycle tracking tools, right? And so 12 months, what's that? $600. That's like less than two visits at the reproductive endocrinologist. <laughs> so if you can get yourself pregnant w- without ever having to set foot in the reproductive endocrinologist's office, you saved yourself a ton of money. Even if it's, you know, you're spending 50 bucks a month, get there. That's, Just you know, you start. Can- don't, don't wait until there's too many issues. Start being yep. able to, to have at least the right information available to you. Okay, so I, I went a little bit off track because we were now in the development. You've hired a manufacturer to be able to make this. Uh, you're starting to get some feedback. So when when do you realize that you have you have something of value? You have a product that can do well on the market. Um, after I got a couple emails from people saying, um, "You've saved my marriage. You've you've given me information that helped me advocate, and now my doctor finally treated me." Um, just you know, hearing the stories of people's successes and then personally like emailing me to, to thank me about this was like I was like okay I have to I have to do this um and you know we were we were bootstrapping it I mean to create a medical device off of $45,000 is absolutely unheard of and so we were doing a lot of things you know very bootstrapped <laughs> um just because we had to we had to I was like no one's doing this I have to do it I have to be the one per- the person to do it and I'm going to do whatever it takes to do it. What was the response from the doctors who were starting to get patients coming in armed with this information? Were they I don't want to say embarrassed, you know, that they hadn't thought of this before or that they hadn't used those terminologies and those wordings when talking to their patients? Were they grateful that they, you know, that they could help this patient faster? Like did you get it? Have you gotten response then from from doctors on this? So the response, to be honest, is hit or miss. Some doctors are like, love this. And they're like, this is amazing. This is a great, powerful tool. If you can empower a woman and she's got, you know, she helps me diagnose her and treat her. Awesome. This is great. Um, Other times it's they don't believe in progesterone. They don't think that it's something that women should test or that, that should be tested by itself. So their idea is um, progesterone won't be an issue. You, you'll either have enough and you'll have a good pregnancy or you won't and you won't get pregnant. 
But it's like, well, what if you have a good egg that you're not producing enough progesterone, and so then that egg can't implant, and that's why you're infertile? They're like, well, that doesn't happen. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because if you think about IVF, when every single woman that goes through IVF is put on progesterone, every single one of them, because progesterone helps the embryo implant and is required for pregnancy. And so by going in and talking to my doctor, I said, I don't want to do IVF, but I still want the same progesterone that you gave me before. And he was like, okay, sure. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, part of the reason is some doctors, they're very to the the book. Like, you have to have three losses. We're not going to treat you until you have three losses. Come talk to me. I don't care if you come in with these results or not. You don't have you don't have three losses, which is ridiculous. And I say, go find another doctor. Three losses is then I'm going to need an appointment with, you know, uh, in mental health and the depression and the anxiety and the stress and the stress that's put on my marriage and how I feel about my body and my womanhood. Like, there's so yeah. much of a domino effect of of what this does to women and men who are partners and watching, you know, their their partner going through this. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know... I- not all doctors are created equal. Everybody knows that. Not all people. I mean, you know, and so to generalize it is hard. All I can say is there are really good doctors out there that will help and that know this and 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 will help you. And if you're not at one of those doctors and you come in there with that information and they tell you you have to have X number of losses, you need to walk your butt out the door and find a new one because there are plenty of doctors that will help. Um Okay, so now I'm thinking, okay, so how available now is proof? You've got it, how much are you making? Like, how, how far advanced now? Because I, I know I'm looking at the website and I'm kind of really excited that this product exists. So where are you now in, like, in the business plan? In the, where is this product? Yeah, yeah. So we, um, that first year, we sold only on Amazon and we sold it in plastic bags. So if you think about taking a medical device and putting it in a Ziploc bag and putting an Amazon barcode on it, that's how our product came to your house. So we spent all the money we had on the science, making sure it was a scientifically sound product. Um, That being said, not many people bought it because who's going to buy something like that? You know, it's like, I don't know about that little shady looking, right? Um, And so... At that point, you know, after I kept getting these emails that I was changing these lives and helping these women conceive, um, I decided to kind of raise money and take on more team members. Um, and so that's when I took on Jeff and Ellen, their husband-wife team. Jeff is a patent attorney um, and helped us with all of our supply agreements, make sure we, you know, can actually produce products um, and and it, it's, you know, accurate and then Ellen is the marketer, so she's the one that came in with Prove Brand and the packaging and the website and the messaging. Um, because, like I said, women don't never never been told about progesterone and how amazing it is. That's a huge educational lift to tell women how important it is. Um, we have this whole campaign with progesterone is queen. It's not estrogen. It's progesterone. Like, you've been duped this whole time. <laughs> I feel like that. I really hope that there are people right now that, like, have this, like, light, like, this lightness to them. Like, something, like, this positive, maybe this is the answer that we've been looking for. Prove in the name. Was that you? Was that Ellen and her marketing genius? Like, where did you have this name come from? It was 100% Ellen. <laughs> um, we were thinking about the name. and she Did was you a- have something originally? It was that you thought? Ob- 
it was ovulation double check was the name. Okay. Um, but the public, people thought it was an ovulation test, mm-hmm. which is not. Um, so she thought of this name on the plane. She was super excited. And she, she calls me when she lands. She goes, prove. And I'm like, no, it can't be proved. You can't ever prove anything in science. You can strongly support or suggest <laughs> never prove anything. That's <laughs> so, a scientist in you. Okay. Oh, I know. So, you know, it took about oh, three, three, four weeks, but she convinced me and we, we did like market studies where we, you know, presented it to women. We're like, what do you think of this name? They're like, that's genius. That's amazing. You know? So, so yeah, that was the name. It was hundred percent her doing. I'm glad she convinced me because I love it now. It, it's like you're, you're proving that you're ready for conception. You're proving you have enough progesterone. You can prove to your doctor, this is your issue and get treatment. So it's, so what do they do? I mean, do they take the stick that they peed on into the doctor's office? Is that what they're, is that what they're doing? <laughs> no. So, so the way that it works is um, it's like a pregnancy and ovulation test. You collect first morning urine, dip a strip, wait five minutes and read the results. Um, and so if you have a single line, that means you have enough progesterone to support conception. And if it's two lines, that means you have low progesterone. Is there an issue at all if you have high progesterone? Like, do you run into, if, what if a woman is producing too much? Does that have an effect in there at all? There's not really a, a high progesterone issue. Um, it's like, um, if you give a woman progesterone, it either does nothing or it helps. Okay, so it, there's no danger in having too much in your system. Right, right, yeah. So, so the beauty of having a urine test as opposed to a serum progesterone test. So if, you know, without proof, you go to your doctor and say, hey, I have a low progesterone. They go, okay, we'll do a blood draw. You go in and get a blood draw and you get a number. And that number could be six or seven, whatever the number is. Um, that's a single point in time. And the problem with that is, is are you at the right day of your cycle? Um, did, it, did it stay high? You know, it might be high, but did it stay high? And so, you know, you either have to go back for multiple blood draws to really understand if this is a problem, or you can use Prove, which is urine-based. And so what we advocate is there's this thing called the implantation window, which is seven to 10 days after you ovulate. That's when progesterone has to be the highest to support implantation and conception. And so by making it a urine-based test, you can test every single morning during that window, and you can say, yes, my progesterone's high, and it's high for these four days. So progesterone, low progesterone is probably not my issue. Or you can say, hey, it was high on this day and then it dropped too soon. That's called a luteal phase defect. And so you can take that information. Um, you can take pictures of the tests or there's different apps where you can kind of you know, put them in like a gallery, image gallery, and show it to the doctor and be like, hey, I took it and it was high on these days and it wasn't high on that day. And they can say, okay, let's just follow up with a blood draw and or they a lot of times they just said okay we'll just give you progesterone because it's it's either helpful or it does nothing so it's not harmful so let me ask you then because i'm i'm thinking of like a pregnancy test where you pee on it once and you're done so do you yeah. have to have several proof kits to be able to do it every every day like cuz you're saying you have that window and you're testing it those mornings so is it a number of tests that you need to be to have yeah so each kit comes with seven test strips okay so one, one kit was called what we call a monthly kit, 
Um, ideally, we like to have a woman test five different times during her cycle. So one kit is definitely enough plus some. Um, okay, so it's so not a there's there's enough yes. options within that one box that's coming to you. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So for I mean they, they retail for thirty nine ninety nine um, on our website and on Amazon, and that gives you enough information to test seven times during your cycle. And to really understand if if progesterone is staying high enough, long enough to to support conception. Wow. Now, I, as you know, we're here in Canada. So, is this something that's easily, uh, you know, as much sent uh, across borders that we have access to it? Yes. Yeah, so we are not on Amazon CA, um, but we are. We do ship to Canada from our website. Uh, shipping is, I think, four ninety nine. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get it up there. We have a lot of Canadians that use the test. Um, just need to make sure you budget enough time to get through customs. It oh, takes gosh. probably about 10 business days to get it up there. Um, but I mean, we've been pretty successful getting it up there. So <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that, right? There's some, it's going to sit there in customs for a little while. And there's, is there an expiration on the product? Is there an expiration date? Yeah, it is, um, I, I want it, I want people to think ahead. So, yeah, you know, yeah. so, okay, let's do this. And then we have this, this certain window to be able to use the product at its best. Yeah, we guarantee at least six months of useful life when okay. you get it. Okay. Um, right now, we're pushing about uh, nine or ten months. So when we manufacture it, it's got 12 months. And so by the time it goes through manufacturing, QC, make sure it, it can be released. It's packaged, shipped, warehoused and reaches you, it's nine or 10 months. <laughs> okay, I got that. Now I'm looking at this and I'm like, you have two healthy, beautiful children, but you actually have like a third baby, right? Like this, oh God, this, yes. <laughs> this I would consider like, this is a baby for you. This is something that you've nourished and grown and, you know, done all the things that I think a mother would do with something that you want to be able to share with the world. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So looking back now, you know, and I'm hoping for some women right now that this is the answer they were hoping for. Like this was, this was the critical component that they didn't know. And yet there's still a lot of science still to have, right? In terms of all of, there's so many other issues, right? It's like, you hope this might be the one, but what, what other things really do we need to be aware of? You know, I'm sure with your background, like nutrition and not smoking and living ha healthy active lives like there's so many components to hopefully being able to have a healthy get pregnant and maintain a healthy pregnancy yeah yeah so i mean if you talk about numbers like how how prevalent is this issue right um the number one cause of infertility is low progesterone and that is either a woman's not ovulating so they're producing no progesterone or they're ovulating but they're not producing enough for for long enough that's like a luteal phase defect. You put those together, that's about 40 to 50% of all infertility cases. Oh, my God. Um, How yeah. is this not being talked about way more? Like, this is crazy. Okay. Right. I know. I know. Um, the, the second biggest one is a male factor. So a simple sperm test. Um, the one that I absolutely love is it's called Yo. Yo sperm test. Horrible name, but it's a great product. You can they actually, didn't have Ellen to come up with the Helen to come up with the name of that product, right? I know, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but you take a sperm sample and you put on this little microscope slide and you plug it into your phone and you can see the modal sperm swim across your screen. 
And so it not do, doesn't just tell you what your sperm count is, but it tells you if they're swimming, if they're swimming in the right direction. And then it tells you, you know, like based off of the population, how, you know, what percentage is your score. So it, it can tell you if you don't have enough sperm or not, you should go get a follow-up. Okay, so, so uh, say this again, because, you know, right now there's like another check going off. Okay, so what is it called again? Yo? Y-O. Okay. Yeah. Yo, sperm. Um is you it a product? Or you, so does it come to you, or is all based on an app? No, you need it, the you know you need the microscope, right? You need the the slide. Yeah, I mean you can go to yospermtest.com. I think I think okay, um, or you can go to Amazon and buy it. It's it's a fifty to seventy dollar product, something like that. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a product, and and you use it, and then you can alert if you have low progest- or low low sperm. So low progesterone and low sperm. If you check those two boxes off, that's 78% of all causes of infertility right there that you did at home for about 100 bucks. And it's like, I'm not going to sit here and say that progesterone is always the issue because you could have a block tube, you could have a, 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 a something in your uterus or something else like that. Um, but for 100 bucks to, to knock off 78% and either check the box and say, yep, sperm looks good, you know, progesterone looks good, you know, we're on our merry way. That's kind of what we're trying to advocate is, you know, and a and, and hundred bucks is less than one reproductive endocrinology visit. So if you can go in there and you can walk up in there and say, hey, I did this and I did this. So let's look at other things. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing, you know, his time with all these other things. Um, and so I, I just think it's so empowering for women to just couples to have this information and help them advocate and 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 guide the care to a solution that's going to get them get them pregnant. It's it's like you have given them the best ammunition. You have armed them with the right tools to be able to make really smart decisions and to save the time as you mentioned like in the doctor's office. We can cross these two things off. So now we have we're starting from a different different point. Although I'm kind of thinking with that yo uh, how, how, how do you look at your phone the same, right? You're looking at your phone screen and all of a sudden it's just remembering all of these sperms swimming across, <laughs> swimming across to see how everything is going. I had, you know, I, I hope that for people that are going through this, they're aware of these things, but I, I really believe that we've just opened up their thought process or for family members who know that there's someone is struggling to be able to offer them these tips or to say, hey, have you considered this? That you must get that reaction all the time. Like I'm scratching my head, but this, is, this isn't new information for you, but I think it would be for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, it's kind of interesting, right? So if I frame it as, hey, this is just a hundred bucks that you can knock off all these things and have these answers, um, it seems like a no-brainer to me because I've gone through it. I know IVF costs twenty-four thousand dollars for the typical cycle in the U.S. Um, and a progesterone prescription is like fifty, and so I know the difference between not knowing what's going on, having to do IVF, and how the alternative of, of such a cheaper thing. Um, where, so for me, hundred dollars, oh, that's a no brainer. I'm totally going to do this. But women that haven't gone through that yet, they see the hundred dollar price tag and they're like, Oh my gosh, that is so expensive. And we get comments all the time from women saying, this is ridiculous. You are taking advantage of infertile women, charging them so much money for this product. Um, and it's, it's hard because you know, women don't know. It's like you don't know until it's too late. Mm -hmm. 
everybody knows you need to take a prenatal vitamin, so they're going to spend the money on the prenatal vitamin. They know that, right? Um, and and but it's like you don't know if infertility is going to be y- your issue until it is, and then you're spending all this money. So it's like how do we how do we try to educate them and say you know we. We are we are seriously so passionate about helping you and trying to empower you. Like we want you to have a better solution, a, a better life. Like we're not trying to take your money and trying to dupe you or any way. Like we're we're really trying to give you the answers so that you can save yourself that time or the cost of the treatments or the stress of the treatments. I mean, so you know, but but yeah, it, it's very difficult. It's very like. It's very difficult. <laughs> well, I, I think you've done a tremendous do- job, and I'm sorry that you had to. You can hear the Canadian in me, but that you had to go through what you went through. I mean, we know about the two, and you had mentioned that there were seven losses. You know, and you and you talk about these angels that that kind of that needed to happen so that you had the ammunition and you had the strength to be able to create this product, and you hope, like you know, I I don't know. You know, I've had friends who've had losses and everyone deals with them very different, right? Some, you know, it's early like you, you were saying one of them was like, you know, at nine days, but there's others that, you know, that feel like they had a child and and had a name and they bear, you know, like there's so many different layers to this that emotionally affect and, you know, you seem to have recovered really well, but for, it's not that easy for everyone. And I think you've recovered because of the gift that you are now giving to women around the world that you, that you've given them hope. I think hope yeah. is a really great word for this. Yeah, yeah. No, I was incredibly blessed to have two perfect children, and I want to return that as many times over as I can, um, and and anything I can possibly do um, to do that. And like I said, you know, it had to happen to somebody, um, and I'm glad it happened to me so that I could create this solution. That is amazing. I have I have really loved this discussion. I'm very grateful for my I'm dealing with teenage girls now. Okay. So I'm in a very different mindset. But to look back and, and to know these future generations, they, there's an there is that hope that's waiting for them. So just if you can, Amy, where can people go? Like what's the best places, the website? Uh, where do you suggest our listeners go if they're looking for more information? Um, absolutely go to our website, uh, provetest.com. Wait, there's a, a there's a spelling. You've got a trick on the spelling, so spell it out. Okay, yeah, proof. P R O O V test dot com, um, and uh, scroll through. We have different kind of scenarios. So, um, prove for if you have PCOS. Uh, prove if you're new to trying. Prove if you you're dealing with infertility. Um, prove if you've had a miscarriage. And it really helps you understand the role of progesterone of where that where you are in your journey and how we might be able to help empower you to get to where you need to go. How important were those four different categories to have on the website? It was very important because nobody really knows about progesterone, right? And so we wanted to really say, hey, uh, you know, progesterone is needed for pregnancy. So if, if you lost a pregnancy and you want to make sure you're not going to lose the next one, just test with Prove before you get pregnant again and see if that was your issue. And if it, if it is, if it was contributing to, to your loss and it could put you at risk for another one, get put on a simple prescription. It's so easy, like, and it can save you that loss. Or it can be, you know, new to trying. So you have, you know, the millennial that took her IUD out and doesn't want to wait 12 months. Great. Find out day one if it's a problem. And if it's a problem, go get help. And if not, great. You knocked it off. 
you know? Um, so it's different for each person, wherever they are in their journey, in their life of how approved kind of fits in there. Yeah. I like that, that there's those categories. They'll find something that represents them of, of where they're at. In, in having that. Yeah. Hopefully people go. I want to say that once again. So www.proovetest.com and all of the information that you need uh, is there. Um, Amy, thank you so much. This was, uh, this was really incredibly insightful and I'm really hoping that there's people that are listening that are going, okay, this was, this was, the, this was the podcast I needed to listen to today. I hope yeah. so too. Uh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And thank you everyone for uh, listening and taking the time to, to check in with Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. Please continue to share and subscribe and like and let people know. I just read this really interesting article, as I mentioned, that uh, the best way for podcasts to grow is just word of mouth. People saying, oh my God, did you hear this? And so if you're able to do that with your friends uh, and let them know what you've been listening to, it really helps to see this podcast be able to spread its wings as it has been doing right across North America. Have a great day, everyone. Really appreciate it. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.